0: Thursday is a really important day in Holy Week. It's the last full day before Jesus goes to the cross. And on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus knew his time was running out. He knew the fate of the church was about to rest on some very uneducated, ordinary people. Now, if I was Jesus, when i knew the countdown was on i would tell everyone to get out their scrolls and start taking notes because i'm going to give you the 10 fastest ways to grow the church start in jerusalem then move west plant disciple repeat on and on and on but jesus doesn't do any of that instead he did what he always did he went back to the table and shared a meal with his disciples he washed their feet He told them about the bread and the wine, they prayed, they sang, and then they headed out to the Garden of Gethsemane together.
1: Welcome to Season 5 of Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. This season, we are following Jesus day by day as he journeys to the cross. No matter what time of year you are listening, this season is an invitation to slow down and remember the greatest act of love of all time. This is Holy Week. Jesus needed to walk with his Father one more time before it all happened, and what better place for a walk than in a garden? He has always loved walking among the rows of olives. Wherever he traveled in Israel, he would find comfort in the trees, a familiar sight to ground him as he did his father's work. He followed the paths as they crossed, overwhelmed with what he must do. Sit here while I go pray. Peter, John, and James followed. He had not asked them to, but he did not send them away either. He looked at each of the three men each destined to do wonderful things for the kingdom, pillars of faith and hope. But tonight? Tonight, each of them was woefully underprepared to finally discover the truth of their teacher's words. Jesus began to be deeply distressed, his normally steady demeanor cracking under some invisible burden. It wasn't like him. This disturbed the three men walking with him They felt his troubled mind, but did not know what caused it. My soul is overwhelmed with with sorrow, to the point of death. Jesus held up a hand to Peter. He knew the man well enough to know he wouldn't stand for his teacher speaking this way. Please, loved ones, stay here. Where I go, you cannot follow, Jesus thought. He saw the expressions on his friends' faces. They were anxious, fidgety. But what he had to do next, he had to do alone. He knew his next words wouldn't make it better. Keep watch. Again, he held up a hand to Peter. He needed him to remain steadfast, a firm rock in the shifting sands of the world to come. Jesus knew that Peter would not understand, that none of them would truly understand, not until after the next few days. And even then, it would be hard for them. He smiled dolefully. He turned and walked further into the garden. The weight of what his father was asking became manifest on his shoulders. It became difficult to walk underneath it. He stumbled and fell to the ground. He wept. He groaned. Then, he prayed. Abba. Abba. Father. He could feel the darkness press against him, surrounding him. Breathing was difficult. He could feel the presence that had for so long comforted him in his desperate hours slip away. Everything is possible in you, but what you ask. Please, take this cup from me, let it not be spilled, let this not be broken, if there is another way, please. Jesus stayed on the ground and waited, agonizing over what he must do. He lost track of how long he had laid there, finally. The darkness of his soul was pushed back, and he felt the presence of his Father once more. The warmth and the love flooded in, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus pressed himself up off the gravel path. He breathed deeply, taking the scent of olives into his lungs. He walked back to Peter, John, and James, lighter than he'd felt in weeks that lightness didn't last long. He came across the men sitting at the base of a tree, asleep. Jesus stared. Knowing what Peter would do before sunrise, he needed to prepare him to save him the anguish. Simon, are you sleeping? One hour? You couldn't keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you may not fall into temptation, Jesus said. Crouching next to Simon, he placed a kind hand on his shoulder. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, huh? Jesus left the men bewildered as he went off again to pray. More time with the Father. When he returned, they were asleep again. He stared at them. They blinked back, silent, uncertain. He turned and left again to pray. The third time he returned from prayer, Jesus knew it was time. He could wait no longer. He woke up Peter. Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the time has come. The son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners.
0: In the garden, we see the full humanity of Jesus. Because remember, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. And we see that as he falls down to his knees in distress. Why is he so distraught? Well, because there is a whole lot more going on here than what meets the eye. The physical fear is bad, but Jesus is fighting a spiritual battle that I can't even begin to understand. Meanwhile, Peter, James, and John his three closest friends are supposed to be with him keeping watch. Now remember these three guys are fishermen by trade which means they're used to long nights out on the water. They're used to staying awake and keeping watch so that they don't miss any fish or get caught in a storm out in the middle of the sea or whatever. Late nights were nothing new to them and yet on this night When their rabbi, their best friend, is in his lowest moment, stressed, sweating blood, just trying to put one foot in front of the other, they can't even stay awake and keep watch for him. Jesus is the guy who was constantly helping others, and then the one time he asked for help from his best friends, they can't do it. Jesus returns from praying and has to wake them up. But then it gets worse because Jesus goes off to pray again and pleads with them to stay awake a second time. If you're the disciples at this point, like, chug a Red Bull, do some push-ups, turn on some music, and stay awake, but they can't. They fall asleep again. And just to make matters even worse, the whole thing happens a thing third time as well what's going on here whenever you see a story in scripture that feels strange there is a good chance there are several layers to it several things the storyteller is trying to tell us Because I don't think these three moments in the garden were the only times Jesus woke up his disciples. I think he was trying to get them to wake up, if you will, for three years. To wake up to the reality that there is more going on than what meets the eye. To wake up to a spiritual dimension. That a man with leprosy doesn't have to be an outcast because we can heal him. That the man lying on his mat doesn't have to wait for an angel to stir the water because we can stir it for him. We can heal him. That one kid's lunch, just a little bit of generosity, mixed with a little bit of faith, and the ability for people to share with one another can result in everyone having more than enough. Jesus was constantly trying to help his disciples wake up and have eyes to see what was really going on. There is a way the world works, and then there is a way the kingdom of heaven works. The kingdom of the world comes naturally to every human, but the kingdom of heaven is an acquired taste because worldly triumph and kingdom triumph look very different. This moment in the garden is such a beautiful, brilliant picture of the disciples still struggling to get it. And I'm so thankful for it because I still struggle to get it sometimes too. I still struggle to stay awake to the bigger picture at hand all around me, especially when things get difficult like they did in the garden. By the night that Jesus was betrayed, the disciples still didn't get it. They still weren't ready to lead. They still weren't ready to carry this movement forward and that truth should bring you and me so much comfort. It should bring comfort to anyone who has ever felt unqualified to carry out any task you felt like God is calling you to do. Because it's not about our perfections. It's about the one who, through blood, sweat, and tears, said, Not my will, but your
1: will be done. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories in Scripture. We hope this season is helping Jesus' journey to the cross come alive for you in a whole new way. To find out more about this project, visit our website, storiesinscripture.com. Follow us on Instagram at storiesinscripture. And please be sure to rate and review this podcast. We'll see you next time for another story.